Hey dads, you are listening to Abba Father Podcast, where we discuss how the Bible and theology informs and equips us as parents. We believe that the more we learn about our Heavenly Father and apply His teaching, the better it makes us as dads. Every episode, we dive into real-life parenting, and then we zoom out and look at God, His Word, and His actions to find an application that we can use to make us better fathers. If you'd like to support us, you can find us on patreon.com slash abbafather, and also find a community of dads just like you at facebook.com slash abbafatherpodcast. And quick note, before you support us, make sure you're supporting your local church. We want to make sure that we're lifting up our local church body before we're doing anything else. So if you're not part of a local community church, please find one that you love and trust and support them first. Um, Also, if you get a chance, rate and review our podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Matt, broadcasting from Hollister, Missouri, safely in my home. I'm Brando. Broadcasting also safely in Indiana. And I'm Cameron, and what they said, but in Rockaway Beach. (laughs) We are safely quarantined in our house, away from the coronavirus, and today we are going to talk about the Old Testament. All of it? Some of it. Some of it. Time constraints and all. Most of it. Okay. Okay, so, Quest was playing this Bible app. Uh, it's called Bible for Kids. It's a really fun app. It's a lot, a lot of cartoons and stuff. And I love how they present the Bible stories in like really easily digestible um, snippets and cartoons and songs and games. And Quest loves it. She just eats it up. And um, we like to do it together and we, so that we can kind of talk about it. And it's kind of in that kind of Sunday school kind of style where the big stories and the big names of the Old Testament and the New are kind of presented and I remember there's the one about David and Goliath. And, you know, kind of afterwards, it made me think of, okay, if if she leaves this thinking, like seeing David as the true hero and kind of what you hear in Sunday school or sometimes hear about, like, you can be David too and defeat your giants in your life. I felt like at that moment I had to say, hey, Quest, you know, when you see that, do you know what that story is really about? And she's like, it's about a giant. I said, yeah, uh, but David is pointing us towards Jesus because Jesus is the one who defeats death and sin. And that's kind of like that Goliath, that giant. And it's pointing towards him. And we're kind of watching that. And we're kind of the Israelites that are waiting for David to slay that that giant. And, you know, she kind of got it. And um, but it kind of brought me to this this realization that if we're if we don't coach it well and don't lead our our kids well, there's a chance that you know the that kind of really surface level seeing some of the Old Testament heroes as like idols or people that we can aspire to be or do this because that they set a good example or don't do this because they didn't set a good example. It goes so much deeper because of. Um, the Bible being about Jesus and that over overarching story of God redeeming his people and growing um, closer to them and removing the sin that separates them. Have you guys had an experience with that? Uh, yeah, for me, it's great. The, the, the story of David and Goliath, um, kids just eat it up. Like you described, Quest, really liking the... The Bible app story, uh, Lucas just really likes the story as well. So Thursday morning, this morning, 
we were driving to school, and he had just had, uh, you know, his class at church uh, Wednesday night last night. And he's telling me the story of David and Goliath, and he's like, and you know what? And you know what? And you know what? That is pretty cute and kind of annoying, but more cute than annoying as yeah. it is. And so he just says it over and over as like he says one line of the story, and you know what? And another line. Yeah, Lucas, okay, keep telling me. I want to hear more. And um, as he kind of concluded the story, and, and he hit him in the head, and he fell over, and he died. And he was, like, so excited that, like, the giant was gone and dead. And I said, yeah, you know, Lucas, that's that's like what Jesus does for us. And Lucas goes, yeah, he saves us. And David saved Jesus' people so Goliath couldn't get them. <laughs> I was like, wow, like, of course that's the the plain telling of the story, but, like, what we're talking about tonight, um, boy, that's just so profound, the way that mm. God saves us from sin and from death and from the evil in the world, evil in our lives, uh, eternal evil, of course, separation from him. And it's so that those things don't get us, essentially. And so it just the the childlike way of putting things is just always so refreshing. How do you guys handle the story of Noah? I always had a hard time with Quest on that because she's she struggles with the idea that God kills everybody with a flood. Hmm. We actually just had. A very interesting conversation as I was thinking about these kinds of things. Um, it seems like it was just last night. Um, we were reading in Samuel and uh, we stopped at the end of chapter seven. It gets to Noah, don't worry. But we get to the end of chapter seven uh, in first Samuel where Samuel looks like he's the he's one, you know, he's, he's the great judge and like he's delivered God's people. And, um, you know, I think the reader of the old Testament is supposed to wonder, Oh, is this the one that's supposed to crush the serpent's head? Like, is this the seed of Eve? Like, have we got the guy? Um, and in the very next chapter we find out, Oh, actually, no, he didn't, he failed to, um, the, his sons were were terrible guys, and they didn't follow the Lord, and didn't work out. And uh, I kind of shared that with the kids. I was like, "So, you know, what do you think? Like, is he going to be the one that 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 saves God's people?" And they're like, "I don't know." And I said, "You know, uh, I said, you know, the whole story of the Bible. That's kind of the whole point is that we keep seeing these these guys that you know God promised at the." When Adam and Eve fell, that a seed of of Eve uh, uh, would come and crush the serpent's head, and the and the serpent would bruise his heel, and we're supposed to be wondering, like, who is it? Is it this guy? Is it that guy? And I was like, you know, it wasn't Noah. He was he was blameless and good, and we they thought it was supposed to be him, but he wasn't. He wasn't all that good after all. And they were like, wait, what? He wasn't? I said no. Uh, right after the. Flood, when he gets out of the boat, he gets all drunk and naked in his tent and does stupid stuff. And they're like, what? No. And they were just blown away and flabbergasted. Uh, they didn't remember that part of the story where Noah's not perfect. Um, 
he 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 fails and the kids were just very confused what why noah's not perfect way to burst their bubble brando yeah <laughs> i know there's a lot of bu- bubble bursting when it comes to the old testament characters though oh you know? man is there is there yeah every one of them and that's the i think that's part of the the deal is yeah i mean um and i will say partly shout out to the bible project guys but uh helping me see like yeah that's the and i will say also then we played the song you guys know the song by uh shylin only jesus on his uh jesus kids album we sang that song together and i played it and like he's like the whole song is like Adam wasn't good enough. Noah wasn't good enough. Abraham wasn't good enough. It's only Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's the whole point of the song is like the old Testament is just a story showing us like, Oh, we're still looking for somebody. We're still looking for somebody else. Who's going to be the, the good King. Who's going to deliver God's people. Um, and every one of those stories of a hero, including Noah, it's like, yeah, he looks pretty great. Oh, man. He miffed it, you know, mm-hmm. right at the end. Can you guys sing some more Shyland? That was great. <laughs> Link in the show notes to listen to the full song. <laughs> Not by these guys. Yes. It's much better. <laughs> yeah. Shyland's actually talented. <laughs> <laughs> Not like, not like us. We're not very good musicians. Mm. What? Well, uh, Quick trivia: If you're an Abba Father listener, the intro and outro music is actually from our band. We don't play anymore, but we used to, and that's one of our songs. It's true. So we're going to look at Luke 24, starting at verse 44. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. Now that's an excellent verse because what we've already talked about so far is how Christ is in every story so far in the Old Testament. He's, um, every time we see a Christ figure, you know, it's not that we should identify with that Christ figure, it's we're identifying with the one watching the Christ figure. Actually, I've been I've been teaching the uh student ministry on Sunday nights at our church and um we've been going through a really great book called Jesus Unmasked. And that's the whole point of the book and that's the whole point of the study that I'm doing with these these teenagers in high school is walking through and that's this Luke 24 um is the kind of 
theme passage of the whole study is let's find Jesus in all of these places in the Old Testament. And it's been really, um, it's been really good so far. Um, the lessons tend to be pretty dense, um, but they, they tend to be really good. These, these verses are crazy. I mean, when you, yeah. when you really try and wrap your mind, it's easy to gloss over it and say, yeah, of course the Bible is about Jesus. Like, that's why I'm reading it. But when you're thinking about, like, you put yourself in the, in the, the um, context of Jesus and his followers and hearing these things, and he says everything, every single, you know, scripture that you know was written about me, the law, yeah, the Psalms, the prophets, all of that was about me. Yeah. And then, so that's my kind of, that's the first thing that really strikes me. And then the second part is that he opened their mind to understand the scriptures. We need supernatural guidance to see Jesus in these areas. Because on our own, we see, we see the Old Testament guys as heroes and people we should emulate. But it takes the spirit and Jesus, it takes God opening up our minds to understand that that scripture is all about him. And then in that, he says, it is written, Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and repentance of the for- and forgiveness of sins should be com- proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. Like that is the same content. The everything yeah. written about me in the law of Moses, prophets and Psalms is about I need I am Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. So we should find resurrection in the law, the prophets and the Psalms. We should find repentance and the forgiveness of sins in the law, the prophets, and the Psalms, and pro- and proclamation to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. That is should be, according if 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 Jesus is right and he is, <laughs> we should find that in those areas. But the only way we find it is by supernatural help. Yeah, he needs to open up our minds to understand the scriptures. Yeah, and man, when we when you do mind explosion yeah because <laughs> it's so great it is it's so it's so it's 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 masterful work oh that only our god could do yeah the scriptures are when you start to look at it that way it is such an amazing thing um if if you just look at it at it as disconnected stories um that kind of tell just a history of this people it is kind of it can be bland like it makes sense that we kind of keep the stories to the little kids rooms and we we say you know and and give them pictures and stuff to go along with it and then we do the other stuff for adults you know but if we were to see it this way as this unified story it just is weaving through all of the Bible. Like it really is a powerful, amazing, beautiful thing. I think we, uh, yeah, we, you know, and I think it's also important for us to recognize, like, let's not draw a hard line of dichotomy. You know, we don't want to say the one extreme extreme is to say, um, you're David your Samuel, your Samson, your all the heroes try to be like them. The other extreme is to say, um, well, you're the trembling Israelites in the crowd. 
Jesus is the the good guy, and so really you're you're worthless and you can't do anything. So just don't try. Um, in the New Testament, we're called to imitate Christ, right? We're called to mm-hmm. imitate, be imitators of God. So on one level, we are called to imitate these people. But to recognize first, why are we imitating them? We're only imitating them because of what is in Christ that reflects in them. Um, and that ultimately, it's supposed to tell us something about God, not about us. Yeah. That's the most important thing it tells us. And it's, I mean, it's it's so cute when our kids come out of their Sunday school and they got the little the little picture and it's like a colored little drawing of like, Noah and there's all the animals sticking out and they got it all crudely colored in and you're like, Oh, that's cute. Let's yeah. put it up on our refrigerator. But then you think, okay, in light of Luke 24, do our kids get, are they, are they, are they picking up this nuance that it's not just this boat with a bunch of fun animals that we should find Christ's suffering rising on the third day, repentance and forgiveness of sins in that story. Where is it? And let's look at, let's find it together as a family. Yeah. Yeah, that's rich. And that's, that's our, Luke 24 is kind of our standard. This was one of the times after the resurrection when Christ is appearing. And multiple times as he's appearing, as it's recorded in the Gospels, this is what he does. He goes and explains to them using the Old Testament scriptures how he is the Christ. Now, of course, the resurrection's right in front of them, so they don't have a lot of con- need, need to be too convinced, but just getting that well-rounded uh, understanding. And then Stephen does it before they murder him by stoning, and then Saul does it as soon as he's converted. We're teaching, I'm teaching through Acts on Wednesday nights, and as soon as he is saved by the risen Lord, he goes right into the synagogues, to the same ones that, more than likely, the same ones that stoned Stephen, and he confounded them. Why? Because he's using the scriptures to explain who Jesus was, and how Jesus was in those very scriptures. So, this passage that we selected for tonight's podcast is great. It's like that that measuring stick of, of passages of where we can see Jesus in uh, the Old Testament. Yeah. I think one of the things I think about, uh, as I was talking with some high school boys about this, about Christ in the Old Testament, like we got to talking about, uh, why, like, have, have you ever read the whole Old Testament from front to back? I'm asking, you know, high school boys and they're like, no, you know, I didn't expect them to say yes, but, um, honestly, I've probably only read the whole Old Testament twice. Um, and we were like, you know, what, why are we so averse to it? And I think, um, if we, and I, I just challenged them with, uh, where Paul says to Timothy, he says, all scripture is breathed out by God, right? And is profitable for teaching, for reproof that the, that the man of God might be complete, and equipped for every good work, right? I was like, that's the scripture. You guys know that. You've heard our pastor preach that so many times. It's the all scripture is breathed out by God. It's all inspired. What scripture was Paul talking about? 
He was talking about the New Testament. I said, yeah, no, <laughs> it wasn't written right. yet. He was in the process Wrong of writing answer. most of it. it. He was talking yeah. about the Old Testament. Like, that was the scripture. And it's like, um, yeah, man, it's like, if we, the Old Testament is profitable, all of it. And I think we own, but it's only profitable if we understand it rightly. Because it's mm-hmm. just a co- weird collection of s- rules and stories if we don't understand that it's pointing us to Jesus. And I, I think as fathers trying to raise our kids, like, I mean, that's God's our father. He gave us these, these things, this history book that has theology in it as because it's profitable. He says it's profitable. He tells us that. And so... We want to communicate to our children things that are profitable to them, that they will be able to grow and to see things the way they truly are and to be built up in it. So that kind of brings us to some of our quotes uh, from some articles, which you'll find linked in uh, the description of these podcasts. One is from Ligonier Ministries, David, Goliath, and you. One is uh, entitled Dare to be a Daniel. The other is Solomon's Sin and Our Sin. And so those were articles we found to be really helpful to us as dads, and hopefully they will be for you. But one particular quote from the Dare to be a Daniel article from Dr. Ben Dunson says this, The whole Bible from start to finish is about Jesus. In particular, it is about his suffering, his death, and his resurrection for the forgiveness of sins. That means that the whole Bible is about the gospel, the good news that God saves sinners in Christ Jesus. Unless we come to terms with what Jesus is saying in this passage, what we say about human examples of faithfulness in the Bible will turn into mere moralism. What it means to be a believer will be answered with nothing more than uh, be brave like Daniel or be valiant like David. That's some great exposition out of that Luke 24 passage right there. Amen. Another one of the articles that we found really helpful was David, Goliath, and you. And, of course, some of our kids, we've already talked about that story uh, from our own conversations. And later we're going to share a clip from um, a a sermon clip that you might even be familiar with from Matt Chandler. But uh, we wanted to share a little bit from this article. And it goes like this. David was courageous, certainly. But why? Because he knew that God was infinitely more powerful than the giant Goliath. So in this moment, David walked by faith, not by sight. He was no match for Goliath in terms of earthly strength, but earthly strength is nothing when the Lord fights for you. After enduring Goliath's taunts, David reveals where his strength comes from. Then David said to the Philistines, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. 
and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. David is unafraid because he comes in the name of the Lord of hosts, whose own honor is at stake in this battle because of Goliath's boasts of superiority. David is courageous because he knows the Lord will deliver Goliath into his hand. David is fearless because he is confident that the battle is the Lord's, who saves not with sword and spear, but by his own almighty power. So in short, David trusts in the Lord because the Lord is supremely trustworthy. This is the sole source of the valiant actions David performs next in the story. Because David knows that God fights for his people. David, it says, ran quickly to the battle line to meet the Philistine. And he struck the Philistine on his forehead with a rock, killing him instantly. But how should we respond to a story from the Bible like this? Be bold and overcome the obstacles in our lives. Be courageous and slay our personal Goliaths. No, and it is easy to see why many have shied away from teaching this story as an example for Christians to follow today. And yet, David is an example for us. Brando, you were talking about that earlier, that we don't have to go to one extreme or the other. David really, truly is an example to us. He's an example of someone who trusted in a mighty God to save his people in a mighty way. And he is an example of someone who acted on that trust. And although this story is not found in Hebrews 11, if we were to find it there, we could imagine 1 Samuel 17 being summarized like this. By faith, David, because he knew that the battle is the Lord's, took up his sling and stone and slayed the giant Goliath. In short, David is an example for us because his own battle with Goliath teaches us to trust that no matter what difficulties confront us in life, the battle is the Lord's. And he will save his people. With this assurance, we are equipped to confidently trust the Lord and like David to act boldly in light of that trust. To with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in times of need. I think the interesting thing there, as you were reading that, the David slaying Goliath and crushing his forehead just echoes back to Genesis 3.15 and that the seed of Eve will crush the serpent's head. Yeah. And you hear those echoes and you go, is that him? Mm -hmm. Is that him? Mm -hmm. But of course, David fails. He is not totally righteous. He was a man after God's own heart, but he was also a sinner. And so then we know, okay, it wasn't him. But there's those echoes. There's those shadows of who Jesus is in the gospel echoing through there. There's the that law, prophets, and um, psalms coming up again where we see Christ's death and resurrection and the forgiveness and repentance of sins coming through there again and again, just in that simple statement that he crushed Goliath's forehead with the stone. Because then we see 
Is that him? Nope. It's pointing towards Jesus, just getting closer and closer. And you can imagine, like, once Christ has come on earth and dies and raises to new life on the third day, (laughs) once he begins to explain this, it all just makes such beautiful and perfect sense, right? When they look back at David... They look back at Joseph, whose story was meant for evil, but God meant it for good and who brought salvation to the Israelites. I mean, so many echoes of Moses and Abraham. It, it just all would have clicked for them as they began to have it explained to them. Philip, the Ethiopian eunuch, in the book of Acts as well, he's reading Isaiah 53, and he's like, is he talking about himself or someone else? And Philip's like, let me tell you. And the Ethiopian eunuch gets baptized. He's like, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm a follower now. I got to say, when you put on the lens of Luke 24 and have that supernatural reading of Isaiah, to me, there is no more beautiful book than Isaiah on how much it just points to Christ and how deep it is. To me, personally, I I have a hard time reading Isaiah and not just being moved to worship because of how much every, every bit of it is so saturated in Christ's death, resurrection, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins and just constantly pointing towards him. It's, it's so, it's so awesome. So how does that make us better dads, Brando? That's a good question, Matt. I think the first thing that we need to think about as we try to apply this whole conversation is that um, these heroic people of faith are inspiring, but as Jesus reminds us, the OT is about him. That Old Hmm. Testament, it's all about him. It's supposed to inspire us by pointing us to him. Um, I think... Helping our kids to see that is going to just enrich their future readings of the scriptures. It's going to enrich their love of Jesus. Um, But I think probably the most important application for us as dads, if maybe you're a dad listening to this podcast and you're going, I have never read the Bible like that. Like, I've only ever heard sermons telling me to go be David. Um or to to go be Daniel. And, um, you know, maybe the most important step, if if that's you today, is to think of trying to reorient yourself, like reorient, reorienting ourselves to be able to see the scripture in this way and to follow Jesus' example uh, in reading these scriptures in light of him. Because we can't share the truths that we don't know. And uh, mm-hmm. we can't share... Um, these mind-blowing things that we see in the scriptures if we don't see them. Um, and we need to pray earnestly that he opens our eyes to see it. Yeah. Just as he did to his disciples. Right. 
and it's it's a it's a pretty simple process to share it with your kids once you have it and you see it but seeing it is the first step um you know there are lots of you know in in this area i think we're going to drop a few several recommendations at the end of the podcast of uh resources that we think are really helpful um to help you guys see Christ in the Old Testament and um you know and another really important thing is um you can't share these truths with your kids if you're not in the scriptures with them um i think that's another thing is like we've got to be reading the scriptures with our kids we've got to be engaging these stories with them and helping them to see Jesus um and remembering uh, like the Apostle Paul said to Timothy, all of this scripture is profitable. It's all breathed out by God. And it's all profitable. And it's profitable for our our little ones who are, who are growing in their childlike faith. And uh, as we continue to share these stories with them and point them to Jesus, uh, it can make Jesus, you know, it's not just a theological exercise, you know, the gospel, like if the most important thing we can do as fathers, I believe the most important thing we can do as a father is to, is to help our children to know Jesus and to love him and to love him with all their hearts, seeing him over and over, seeing these failures in the old Testament, these, these glimmers of hope and then failure point us to how amazing and wonderful Jesus truly is. Like if we're helping our kids see that over and over and over, like that's going to really help to bolster that and to really help them to see how beautiful Jesus is and to love him with all their hearts. But like you said, Matt, it's a spiritual thing and we've got to be in prayer. We've got to be seeking the Lord to discern these things seeking the Lord to and asking him to help our kids discern these things. Um, yeah. And it's practical, but it's a, it's a highly spiritual thing that needs to be bathed in prayer and empowered by the spirit of God. This is from Genesis to Revelation, the the story of the Bible, that God, for the glory of his name, is reconciling and reclaiming all things to himself. So this is what you've got to get. I want to try to help you here with something that's pretty big, pretty epic. All right, so look right at me. The Bible's not about you. Bible's about Jesus. See, there's two ways to kind of look at it. There's some people that go, this Bible's the roadmap to life. Now, I understand what they're saying, so if you've heard that from your guy, great. Uh, This is in some ways uh, a roadmap of what we should do, where we should go, but but ultimately you can't call it the roadmap to life. Right now, I want to be straight, there's some maps. (laughs) 
There are some maps, like right here I've got Paul's first missionary journey, and then I believe that's the Temple Mount, and then this is just, it's the Middle East today. Uh, So there are maps back there, but ultimately it's not the roadmap to life, and if you think that way, you'll read the Bible wrong. Uh, What you'll do is you'll keep, now let me, here's what you, you'll keep infusing yourself into the stories of the Bible like you're the hero. And this happens all the time. Alright, so I, I mean, I want to be straight. I love you enough to be straight. You're not David. Alright? Your trouble in life is not Goliath. And if that's true, you're in a lot of trouble, bro, because you miss. Uh, you fling your stones and you miss. And Goliath's still there. And now what? Well, I had five. You'll miss all five. <laughs> So if you view the scriptures through that lens, that really all the superheroes in the Bible are actually you, then man, you put a weight on your shoulders that, listen to me, you will not be able to bear. Jesus, David, Jesus is the greater David. Jesus is the greater Moses. Jesus is the greater Abraham. It's a whole point of the book of Hebrews. That Jesus is the greater than. So... So if you want to do this, I mean, you want to dig in. So that means Jesus is going to be David. Goliath is going to be, and this is all overstatement. David's a historical figure, right? Um, Jesus is going to be David in this shadow. Goliath is going to be sin and death. Who's that make you? Uh, And it doesn't make you the Israelites in the corner going, he's going to kill all of us. That's exactly who you are. All right, so let's make sure we're playing the right part in the story. Man, what about that video? Man, that is... um... It's a really uh, punchy video that's really good. I mean, it's so true, though. Yeah, we are the... One part about reading the Bible this way is it doesn't paint you very well. (laughs) It doesn't make me feel good about me when I read the Bible this way. makes me feel like a trembling Israelite who can't do much. Yeah. I don't really ever remember my parents or a teacher, Bible Sunday school or, or anywhere, like teaching me that like I was David and like that sort of a, that sort of idea that I'm the hero. I, I think I just naturally like think I am and want to be. Mm-hmm. And so I think some of it's just like my own arrogance and pride. I don't even need to have a so-and-so preacher telling me, you're the you're the David, and your debt is Goliath, and you just need to sling all your stones at it, and you can have victory. Although those crazy messages are out there, yeah. I kind of, I kind of get get to that myself in my sin, and I have to always remember that no, Christ has saved me by slaying the giants. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we got a couple recommendations for you guys. Um, Outside of uh, this podcast and uh, the clip we showed you, there's a couple books and some music to listen to and another podcast that we really love. So um, one of the books is the Jesus Storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd-Jones. Really beautiful pictures and also points to Christ in all of the stories um, covering throughout the book. Every story whispers his name. Uh, the, The album, which is my favorite album right now the unfolding by timothy brindle this guy's got degrees longer than you know most people's 
um, you know, business cards can hold. And his, uh, I think he's currently working on his PhD in Old Testament, and he wrote an album all about the Old Testament and how it's about Jesus, and it is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And on the same record label is Shai Lin, who actually um, I think is a, a, a a well-known name in um, Christian hip-hop, uh, but he made a, a, a Christian hip-hop kids album, which is also actually a lot of fun. My my daughter loves it and sings it along with us all the time. It's called um, Jesus Kids, and uh, one of the songs is Only Jesus that Brando referred to earlier that we were kind of singing. It, it, that is so much fun. You can find these on you know Spotify and Amazon Prime. Um, Jesus Unmasked that Brando mentioned earlier by Todd Friel, and then the Bible Project podcast. We've referenced that a couple times in our different podcasts, but um, we also think that that is a really amazing perspective to help you kind of zoom out and look at the Bible in a new way um, that helps challenge, you know, kind of um, challenge your thinking and have you dig into the scripture even deeper. let it go I gotta start on this one as some of you know Brando I know you know Cameron I know you know I'm a healthcare professional yes I know (laughs) and I am totally immersed I would say um, neck deep but that's not deep enough in coronavirus every day every hour every second it seems like I am getting an email an update a question or having a meeting about coronavirus it is um, it's infected me and my work <laughs> in a different way. Oh gosh! And it's uh, I can't shake it. There's not any antibiotics I can take to get this out of my work. Oh right boy! Now. I'm glad we were uh, remote recording. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> uh, there's no positive cases in our community, um, so you know, I'm at least uh, not having to deal with an actual kind of outbreak where I am. But man, we are talking about it. We're planning about it. And, you know, honestly, from my perspective, we should be, you know, it's killing people uh, worldwide and we don't have a vaccine for it. And if we do the right things, we can help contain it and have it not be a um, total pandemic that kills more. Maybe we can save some lives by doing some of the measures that they've done already, like restricting some of the social activities and things. But um, it is crazy time right now. Um, The I think this is a great example of how our world's now being fully connected and information traveling almost instantly is able to react to a global pandemic. Um, we're, we're in a different um, technological um, you know, era than we have been before. And so I, I was telling some of my coworkers um, earlier, this is either going to be the greatest flop in infection prevention ever mm. or it's going to be one of the greatest achievements because we are taking on so much to try and prevent this that um hopefully we'll save um lots of lives by doing what we're doing wow yeah yeah i can tag along onto the can't let it go of coronavirus as well <laughs> that's uh we have a confirmed case in our county here in St. Joseph County, Indiana and we just had a leadership team meeting with the elders of our church where we're throwing around ideas of should we be canceling church or should we be, what should we be doing to help protect our people? And, uh, 
Yeah, it's crazy. Like yesterday, I was joking about uh, coronavirus and memes and whatnot, and today I'm like, oh, it's 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 in our it's in our county now. So. I can't joke anymore. I need to yep. take it serious. And, uh, yeah, it's a yep. pretty crazy, it's a crazy thing. Um, I've just been trying to encourage our people here at the church and, uh, and my family, like just, um, it is a serious threat, but, um, for one, it's not the black plague, uh, which had like a 33% to 50% death rate. Um, and for two, even if it was, um, I've just been trying to help myself and everyone around me remember, Hey, like Jesus said, this guy we've been talking about all this podcast, (laughs) he said, don't worry. He said, don't worry to people that lived in a lot scarier times than we do, um, where they couldn't go to Costco and buy 12 cases of toilet paper. Um, (laughs) Which, by the way, don't know what that helps with the coronavirus. <laughs> it's not a diarrhea virus, so I don't know. But uh, maybe they think that'll be the currency in the dystopian future. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I'll give you three it's squares. That's right. I'll give you three squares for that car. <laughs> and the hand sanitizer. We found refills for our church's hand sanitizer pump at selling for $4,700 on eBay. That's insanity. Uh, Anyways, trying to just remember, Jesus said, don't worry. And he said, because, you know, not one single sparrow falls from the earth apart from your father, apart from God ordaining it, allowing it, whatever you want to say, God's involved. It doesn't happen separate from him. And he said, and you're worth many sparrows. Um, It's not to say that we won't fall to the ground like the sparrows. It's to say that if we do, it's not apart from our father. Like, he's sovereign over it. And uh, we need to work hard to try and save lives like you're doing. I'm thankful for all the people in healthcare profession like you, Matt. But ultimately, it's in God's hands. We're going to work hard, but we're going to, we got to trust God because um, we're like a whole mess of sparrows falling to the ground. <laughs> um, okay, my can't let it go is yeah. going to be a little change of tone, and that is I just finished Costi Hen's book, God, um, God, Greed, and the Prosperity Gospel. And, of course, Costi yeah, yeah, he is Benny Hinn's nephew. And so until he was in his college years, he was traveling the world, staying in $25,000 a night penthouses around the world, going to the Crusades. It tells stories of them just counting the spoils and dividing thousands of dollars of cash amongst themselves. He was one of the catchers. He would catch people as they fell and different things like that. And so, um, man, the book was just crazy to see the way that Christ pursued him through the deception and the wickedness of the prosperity gospel to save him and how he's used him to this day to continue to minister to those who are caught in that lie. Um, 
and it, it's very cult-like, um, you know, family abandonment, you know, cutting you out of things, and uh, it, it did it, what it what it gave to me. So I can't let it go from the book. Is this? I tend to see a lot of the prosperity gospel and word of faith healer people through very negative eyes, and I just get very upset at them. But hearing or reading Costi talk about his own family, um, I just, I'm so burdened for their souls. And I'm sad to say that I'm not always burdened for these types of people's souls, because I know that they're breathing out lies and, and basically leading people to hell apart from Christ forever. So just seeing the lies that they believe in and how they do earnestly believe these lies to be true, man, it just kind of got to me. Hey guys, thank you for listening to Abba Father. You can connect with a like-minded community at facebook.com slash Podcast. Also, take 30 seconds to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you find yourself applying or sharing anything we discussed today, please support us. We're busy dads with tight budgets just like you, and your support will help us keep making quality content and pay for this podcast hosting and other things. If you become a subscriber, you can have your own stories shared, maybe become a guest and vote on some future content. So support us on patreon.com slash Father, or click the link in the show notes. And remember, dads, Romans 8.15, you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba Father. See you guys next time, and wash your hands.